0: Going, everybody. This is the nitty gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And this week, we are bringing back another of our favorite segments, which is our rebooked series. And we have chosen one pay per view that was coming up on a lot of lists regularly as one of the worst in history. And that would be In Your House number four, which is also subtitled The Great White North. And it was held on October 22nd, 1995, at the Winnipeg Arena in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. It was the first WWF pay-per-view at the time to take place in Canada since WrestleMania six in 1990. And the attendance was 10,339. So the buy rate is listed here as 90,000. So... Let's go over the card. There are several dark matches, one before and three after. Uh, The first dark match is Bob Holly against Rad Radford. The first actual match that you can see if you uh, go to the Peacock Network is Hunter Hearst Helmsley against Fatou. Fatou is Rikishi. Triple H was very early in his career here. The match went about eight minutes and six seconds um it was what it was it was not wasn't bad wasn't spectacular uh the next match was the smoking guns billy and Bart gun against the one two three kid and raise ramon that goes about 12 minutes and 46 seconds um again the tag division in this era to me was really really bad and I, you know this match didn't do much for me um but it was what it was it wasn't the worst thing ever uh, the next match, we see a debuting Gold Dust against Marty Gennetti. Uh 11 minutes, 15 seconds. Uh, th- this match was o- okay, I guess. Not great, but it was okay. Um, again, everything on, like, a lot of the stuff on this show is mediocre. <laughs> um, and then there's some, like, real bad stuff as well. But, but uh, this was what it was. It was a debut for for Dustin here, and uh, it was against Marty Janetti, who had already been succumbing to a lot of his demons and was in and out of the company i don't know how many times by this point um the next match we have what has to be one of the worst matches in history king mabel versus yoko zuna we have Sermo, mr fuji and jim Cornette at ringside it's a double count out at five minutes and 12 seconds do you remember this match at all leonard I
1: do not. Uh, We were talking before we came on the air that I did not rewatch the show for this rebooking, but I have seen the show in the past. I'm aware of the show. Uh, I do remember some of the more notorious things, which we will talk about as we go more forward, but I do not remember this match. You know, one thing I was going to say about the In Your House format is they did try some different things, like this being a heel versus heel matchup. I believe Mabel was a heel by this point, being King Mabel. Yeah, And it's interesting on paper, two guys that size. But we know now that in practicality, in actuality, that was a bad idea.
0: Yes. Um, The next match was Razor Ramon against Dean Douglas. So what happened here was Shawn Michaels had to forfeit the Intercontinental Championship because he had gotten his ass handed to him by a Marine – before this, I'm not sure how many days before, but it it did happen. Um, I guess there's conflicting stories out there as to how many people there were and all that kind of stuff.
1: Sean has said there was like a dozen, and
0: I yeah. guess police reports uh, indicate it was one. One guy, like let let's 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 say it here, like he's doing he's pulling a Hogan. Hogan always mm-hmm. gets called out for his exaggerations, and yes. this is clearly the case with Shawn Michaels, um, who at this point. Was not uh, the Sean Michaels that was very well liked. So I can, I wasn't even there, but I can only imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I How- did listen a little bit to that. I didn't get through through the whole thing. Bruce Pritchard's podcast that covered this show, and yeah. towards the beginning, they do talk about this incident, and and Bruce is pretty much on, yeah, Sean exaggerated. Uh, from everything that we know, it was one guy. Sean was possibly hitting on his woman, and that'll do That's it. how things went. So,
0: right. So, um, Sean comes out, forfeits the title. It's awarded to Dean Douglas, who then immediately has to defend it against Razor Ramon, who wins it from him in 11 minutes and one second. Um, again, this match was, you know. Shane slash Dean Douglas um, is fine in the ring. Uh, I, I think that Razor Ramon could be good when he was with somebody that complimented him. Um, from what I understand, uh, you know, some of the click members didn't care for Shane Douglas. So there wasn't really a lot of chemistry here.
1: Yeah. And it should also be mentioned that we forgot to uh, earlier in that tag match, one, two, three kid wound up turning on Razor Ramon.
0: No, I'm not. Well, in the pay-per-view, he just throws a fit.
1: Okay. I thought, I remember it being the full turn.
0: Yeah. It it hadn't quite gotten there yet. He, uh, he threw a fit and like Razor's looking at him like, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, kind of thing. They're clearly working it towards that.
1: Okay. Because the point I was going to make is that kind of negates the turn a little bit. If Razor Ramon loses that attack match, has the kid Toronto, him, or even if kids just, you know, they're teasing it, and then he comes out here kind of out of nowhere and wins the belt out of nowhere. It so seems to me qu- like... Here's a quick man.
0: stupid question for you, Leonard. Yeah. When you refer to Sean Waltman,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what name do you use?
1: I believe I, I, I usually refer to him, I think these days I call him Sean Waltman. If okay. I don't call him Sean Waltman, I would call him X-Pack.
0: X Pac. Okay. Yeah. Probably X-Pac, the one that most people would go with. I think. Yes.
1: That's usually why I call him. Considering he is one, two, three kid at this time, right. I am referring to him as kid or one, two, three. Oh, four, yeah. Three.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. I was just yes. curious. It kind of occurred to me he's had a lot of names over the years. Um, and I always liked his shirt when he was six, you know, with, yes. with the pool ball in the back and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that name didn't stick. So, uh, mm-hmm. anywho, let's move on to our main event which is the British Bulldog with Jim Cornette against Diesel, who is the champion. It would end by disqualification in 18 minutes and 14 seconds. Bret Hart was on color here. And, uh, you know, the British Bulldog would push him in the face. And then Bret Hart gets in the ring and, you know, starts pounding on Bulldog. Um, And so this match is one of the central reasons why this pay-per-view is commonly listed as being so bad yeah. because this match is very sloppy both of these guys could have good matches with people this was not one of them these guys didn't gel well together and there were many botches in this match and what i've heard is that after the match uh, vince got up threw his headset down and just either shouted terrible or effing terrible um because he was very disappointed with how it turned out mm-hmm. So that is the main event, but the people that were in Winnipeg saw three other matches, and that would be Psycho Sid defeating Henry O'Godwin, Owen Hart and Yokozuna against Savio Vega and Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, Owen Hart and Yokozuna would win that. And then Bret Hart against Isaac Yankum, DDS, who would become, of course, Kane, that would be the last match, which is fascinating to me. That that is the match that people went home on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this was during that. That Canadian
1: game. hero Bret Hart winning and going over.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Well, okay. So we'll get there. We'll get to the whole how they use the con- like the Canada contingent in this pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I. So yeah, we'll get there. So that is the regular pay-per-view yeah. that maybe some of you have seen uh um, yeah two
1: things I, I want to mention though before we go forward is one razor ramon works twice and yokozuna works twice
0: yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i had read through this lineup before but not mm-hmm. until i was sitting here reading it to uh you and the listeners did i realize wow yokozuna worked twice and like he is billed at north of 600 pounds at this point he so, like, is
1: this is towards his, his He just keeps getting heavier, but this was certainly past like that line of where he was heavy and decent and could, you know, make it. This is past that point. The other thing to mention is that not only was Shawn Michaels often injured, but The Undertaker was often injured. This is when he had the orbital injury and he came back at Survivor Series with the Phantom of the Opera mask. So this is that period for him. And the other thing I want to say is so you have two of your biggest stars out and then you leave one, a third main event name, Bret Hart on the bench where he works the dark match. I know he does do commentary for the main event because he was the number one contender. He got diesel survivor series. Uh, But 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 you've got three of your biggest names not on the actual televised program.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, so they did show clips of uh, King Mabel and yokozuna drop dropping you know leg drops on the undertaker causing the injury they're already telling you that he'll be back at the survivor series um and we know that bret hart will face diesel and win the wwf championship at that same survivor series event so that's what's coming down the pike um so Let's get to our rebook here um it's been a little bit since we've done one of these so we usually give each other um certain requirements when we go into this sometimes we don't um sometimes we'll cheat a little bit here and there um other times we'll give each other requirements of something we have to use or whatnot in this case uh i wanted to have the requirements stick pretty close to what was there at the time so the undertaker has to be still injured neither one of us can use him And Shawn Michaels still has to stay injured. Neither one of us can use him. And we have tried to cheat in the past, but if any other wrestlers are actually with any other company, we cannot use them. Um, So that, of course, does leave it open to certain free agents. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know what Leonard put on his card. He he doesn't know what I have on mine, which is what makes this uh, a fun So. Let's, uh, Leonard, do you have any dark matches?
1: I'll tell you what I did. I I did a dark match. I did very similar to how they did this. I did a dark match to open. I did eight matches for the main show instead of seven. And then I have two post-dark matches. So I still have a total
0: of 11 matches. Okay, so let me see here. I have one dark match before and one dark match after. And so I have a total of nine matches.
1: Okay, so I, I have more than you. So, yeah. does that mean so? I should still go first, right? Because yeah, you,
0: you can you can uh go with your first two matches,
1: okay? So, um, my dark match to get the crowd going is uh Avatar versus Aldo Montoya, <laughs> aka Al Snow versus Just Incredible. So, Avatar would actually <laughs> this is what's going to get they, the crowd going, <laughs> right? Well, because not because of the characters or the gimmick, but these are two guys who are relatively young, but can really go and put on a good match. Is just their gimmicks suck. Yeah. So for those who don't remember Avatar, Al Snow would come to the ring without a mask on, put on the mask, wrestle the match, and then take the mask off. Why? I don't know.
0: And he was previously uh, Leave Cassidy. Uh, yes.
1: who was part of the new rockers with Marginetti. Jannetty. Right. And uh, out of Montoya was the Portuguese man of war. He was supposed to be Portuguese and he had a mask that looked like a jock strap on his face. Yes. So, but both guys are, are decent wrestlers. Avatar would actually debut the next night on raw. So this is me letting avatar debut here, but not on TV, okay. which is getting Al snow, a workout in front of a crowd. Um, again, these are guys that could put on a good match. Just the characters are lousy and I would have avatar win since he was the new guy. And again, it, it, it's, it's face, 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 if, if, if one of them tries to play heel, it doesn't really matter. It's not on TV. I'm doing this just to get Snow some, some seasoning.
0: I like that. Um, okay. I like using uh, the fact that you looked into who debuted the next night on Raw. Um, I, I looked
1: around because the, the, the roster is so thin.
0: Very I actually thin-
1: went to cagematches.net and looked at tapings around this to see who was being used and not used.
0: Yeah.
1: I, see- I, I, I almost brought in... Steve Lombardi is doink. I
0: didn't. Yeah. So I was looking at, on the website, the SmackDown Hotel. You can look at those there those too. rosters, uh, no matter what the year or company. And uh, yeah, the roster in this year is very thin. So I was reaching out to for free agents. Like who was there? Who wasn't? And I finally found a link that was 1995 in pro wrestling that listed retirements, deaths, births, a lot of other random stuff. And I actually did use uh, a couple things that I found there. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much to work with here, which is why I wanted this. Re- I thought this rebook would be interesting for that reason. Like, what mm-hmm. would could we have done with what was out there to make it better than what they give, gave us?
1: So. Okay. And and, and um, I don't think I have any any free agents. I think I used what was there. So you want me to go ahead and do my next match So my first match as opening the show? And I'll give the setup. So I'm going to have the show open with Dean Douglas in the ring. He's bragging about how he's going to be handed the IC title, how uh, Michaels can't work. Gorill Monsoon, who's the commissioner, is going to come out. And he is going to uh, tell Douglas that, no, I'm not going to hand you the title. We're going to have a tournament here tonight to crown a new Intercontinental Champion. And you, Dean Douglas, are going to wrestle and match one right here, right now, against Razor Ramon. So I'm keeping Ramon versus Douglas, but I'm changing the connotation around it. It's not Douglas being handed the belt and immediately immediately losing it. It's not Ramon coming off that tag match loss to to, to wrestle again. Um, So it's going to be part of a tournament and uh the tournament's kind of i think there's a unique element that we're going to finish the tournament with which we'll get to but definitely ramon wins here and then advances on
0: i yeah so i will start with my dark match here but i have something similar lined up um so (laughs) i had fun with my dark match leonard um Mm -hmm. so if you look at smackdown hotel there are two youngsters there that were very early on in their careers now you wait till you see how I use them before you start. Uh, I saw.
1: I saw that they were there, and I looked, and it didn't seem like they were necessarily they were around, but maybe not part they were of the
0: probably ride. not even of age, and they. I think they no. notoriously lied to get into the company.
1: Yeah, I know that they. And I think this was maybe the, the year that they were like the gatekeepers for the King of the Ring, where they opened yeah. the doors. Yeah, that so, might have been the year for
0: that we are talking about uh matt and jeff hardy and there are clips out there of them as uh, enhancement talent um that you can look up but um in this case they are yet to be the hardy boys leonard they are the okay. hardy brothers the okay. hardy brothers that's what they're gonna be going against <laughs> i hope i'm gonna see what you think of this what i'm calling the rockers foundation so, or you could call it the foundation of rockers, which is the free agent of Jim Neidhart and Marty Janetti.
1: <laughs> you know, I love the idea of combining like, like tag team guys. And I often done, I have done this in the fantasy wrestling drafts I've done. So I do like that idea. I, I think I would go with the foundation of rock is funny. But probably the Rocker Found the Rockers Foundation makes more sense. I think bringing in Jim makes a lot of sense here, you know, because he was I think had been there shortly before and would come back shortly after.
0: So you can definitely even do it like York Foundation. Yes. Martin Martin Janetti and James, James. Martin. I like it. I like it. And and
1: no, Marlena hadn't been introduced yet. So so Terry Reynolds isn't on TV yet. But, yeah, but Dustin's there. So they, I mean, Alexander York is is out there. She's sitting in the back
0: somewhere. I would bet you. So, so yeah, that's my dark match. It doesn't matter who won.
1: <laughs> no, it's fun. I think it's fun. And again, I, 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 I enjoy that idea of it. Uh, so yeah, that that's cool. I like that. All right. So
0: I guess you could go ahead with your next All one. Right.
1: So my next match here is going to be the Goldust debut versus Bob Holly. So okay. I wanted to give Goldust uh, a different opponent than Martin Giannetti, someone who matches up, I think, better with him as far as size and all-aroundness and speed. Not the fact that they're both speedy, but they have a similar speed quotient. Um, and also the idea that Bob Holly's is playing that redneck type of character and if you're going to get over that Goldust uses, um, you know, gay elements uh, and tries to play off of homophobia as part of his strategy, right. a, a character like Bob Holly, who is, is by, you know, cliched nature going to not like that kind of stuff that allows you to really get over those character elements of, oh, this is what Goldust does, and this is how he gets in someone's head. Right. So this match doesn't need to be long. It just needs to be maybe five to seven minutes to let Goldust establish himself and get a win over Bob Holly, who, as I said, I think makes a better uh, matchup for him than Jannetty. I, I
0: like I like that as well. I like the logic behind it. Um, so I also started off my card with Dean Douglas mm-hmm. and whole Sean surrendering the belt thing. And I like what you were saying about, you know, no, it's going to be a tournament, not just awarding it to him, which was dumb. Um, But in my case, you know, we have Gorilla Monsoon coming out saying, no, you know, we are going to have a tournament. I also am doing a tournament. And Dean Douglas, you're going to be facing a mystery opponent, and it will be Jeff Jarrett. So Jeff Jarrett, who at this point, was still under the roster of the company, but was kind of, I think he went back to USWA for a time. He
1: He was, he was kind of, that was the period where they were kind of on the outs, but he was technically, I think, still under contract. And of course the USWA had that reciprocal um, thing. So a lot of the USWA guys and the WF guys would float back and forth.
0: Right, so that's why I use Dean Douglas here, Dean Douglas versus Jeff Jarrett. And I would have Jeff go over in this case. Um, So Leonard, your next match
1: i almost used jeff but I, I i did not i chose not to use jeff i almost did uh, match three is the next match of my tournament and it is marty genetti versus the one two three kid um two guys that are really fast up tempo high flyers for the period um they were tag partners at one point so you got something you can use for a backstory there um you know they just sort of wind up together in this random draw of the tournament uh, I think even if you keep this short like under ten minutes, this is a good match because of the up tempo style that these guys wrestle, that right. you could have a lot in under ten minutes. So this to me, this was one of the first matches I thought of because I think this could be a good match. And I would definitely have kid win in advance.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I, I think that I don't I'm I'm sure these guys, because of the roster being so thin, I'm sure they did have a match. Yeah, same. I didn't look it up, but yeah. Uh, It would have been interesting. It would be interesting to see if that match actually happened. Um, But I I think that they would do a fast paced match pretty well. Um, The next match I have here is the next match in my tournament, which is Owen Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, You have Dean Douglas and Jeff Jarrett, who are two more technically sound wrestlers, a little bit more faster pace. Then you have like the size difference with Owen Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow in this era could still go really, really well. He's very, like, Bam Bam Bigelow is known for his look, but he's was very underrated, I think. And, um, you know, especially if you look, you know, outside of WWF. Um, so I think that these two would have had a decent match together. And, um, you know, I would have Owen go over here.
1: I, again, I would want to look to see if this ever happened. It probably did at some point. I like that the dichotomy of... The size difference, but Bam Bam was also very agile and fast for his size. Um, Owen could get a good match out of anybody. I really like this idea. I like this match. I used, I'll reveal now, I almost used Bam Bam for the main event of the regular show. I did not. Uh, And then Owen, I wanted to put him in the tournament, but he didn't really, I didn't like the makeup, how he matched up with some of the other guys I was using. So um, I chose Not to use Owen for the tournament, but he is in my next match, which is for the WWF World Tag Team titles, the Smoking Guns, Billy and Bart, the champions, defending against Owen Hart and Yokozuna with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji, them being the former champions. Again, the tag roster was so thin, it was either do this or don't have the tag belts on the pay-per-view. And I was close to almost having them. Right. But I figured this is the best use of those guys this type of match, Um, it, it allows me not to use Owen in the tournament because he's in the tag title match. I wouldn't be opposed to moving the belts back to Owen and Yoko here, but I probably wouldn't. So right. I think you probably protect Owen and Yoko with a DQ, with a count out, with something of that nature. I think that is fine to, to do here. So this is just getting the tag belts. On the pay-per-view, this is me being able to use Owen, but not have him in the tournament. And as we talk about with Yoko's size at this point, using him in a tag match where he can just, you know, stay on the apron uh, for the majority of it and let Owen do the heavy lifting, that's the best use of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree. I I did something similar but different. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll get there. Uh, My next match is... Also, the debut of dust but I went a little bit of a different way. And what's funny about some of the rebooks that we've done in the past is that when you look at WWE's roster, there is a constant face there that is under their roster, but is often not around at the time. and I know who
1: you're going to say, and I did not use him. I right. so thought about it. And that I is used him for my main event, too, and I didn't.
0: That is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah. So here's my logic here. Everything I did on this rebook has a logic to it. And my logic here was at WrestleMania 12, which we're in uh, October, as I said, WrestleMania 12 would be uh, whatever at the end of March, April. um, You would have the Hollywood backlot brawl between Mm -hmm. Goldust and Rowdy Roddy Piper. I thought let's give that match a little bit more weight by having Goldust beat Rowdy Roddy Piper in his debut here. Let's have the feud get started here. That way, when they do a backlot brawl, it means that much more. Goldust won't leave Piper alone. All the things that Leonard mentioned about, you know, or the androgynous, you know, they don't say, like Bruce doesn't ever want to admit the whole gay homophobia thing, which is ridiculous. But uh, I think all that would mean more going into WrestleMania if you had um, Piper lose to gold dust here and i don't you know even though piper didn't lose a ton in in general i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you know he would do so for dusty Rhodes's son mm-hmm. um you know so that's what i wanted to do here i would have this be a decent match but i would have gold dust go over you could have it go over in, a, in maybe controversial fashion um but i would definitely have him go over here because then when piper comes back for wrestlemania that feud is it means a, a lot more and maybe is heightened as a result
1: i believe piper came back that january as the interim uh commissioner because girl monsoon had been injured by vader i think that's right. why he got introduced and i believe the original plan was to do gold Dust and razor ramon
0: yes it was and razor didn't want to work with him right
1: yes yeah so so that's why kind of piper got put in there right uh, because it was it was a last minute stopgap thing so even if that happens, it's like, oh, hey, we lucked into them actually having wrestled before. Or yeah. it's still them do, or it's doing this and saying, okay, this is what we're going to build toward. And I think you're right. I think Piper would do the job for Gold Dust. I think there would have to be chicanery involved. And I think that Piper would get a promo, even if it's in the back afterwards, where he just rips Gold Dust apart right. to get his uh, heat back. So that's I I thought about using Piper, almost used him in my main event. I didn't. I left them off. Uh, but but uh, he's he seems to be tradition for us to pop yes. up in these shows where he what he was still around or on the roster, but not working actively. So I was going to use him. I didn't.
0: This was not like into his movie career. Yes. Um. At this point, which yes. This would have I been would to do, the, the director. One of those. Yes, this would have
1: been around the time that he was doing the direct-to-video uh, or the cable channel movies right. type of things that he he would have been doing around this period. If we do do a Piper movie, my suggestion would be Jungle Ground. Have you seen it? Yes, I haven't okay. seen it for quite, a while, for quite a while, but I would re-watch it because I actually remember that being good. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, I remember it being good. I may be wrong, so put a pin in that for the future. But no, I think this is a really cool idea to debut Goldust with. All right, Uh, and your next match. All right, so I am up to, as I get back to my notes, match five uh, of the main show, which is another match in my IC title tournament, and it is going to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Savio Vega. So again, as we mentioned, this is Triple H early in his career with the WWF. Uh, Still green, but showed the ceiling he would have, was still getting an initial push. Uh, Vega's highly underrated. If you ever hear anyone from this period, like Austin, uh, who, who talks about Vega, they're like, God, he was underrated. God, he was good in the ring. And he just never really got that that push or, or sold. So I think this is a good match. I actually think Vega is going to be the one leading it for Hunter. Um, I would have Triple H win because technically I have two faces and Kid and Ramon advancing so far. So I've got Hunter also uh, advancing and, and winning here. And what should have been a, a pretty decent little match, or could have been?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I almost wish I would have picked this match myself because I didn't use either of these guys, and I had thought about using both of them, but didn't know how to use them. Um, so, yeah, this is this would be a good match, and I think it would be a good use of both guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I should have put that one in as on a dark match somewhere. Um, so, my next match is unusual i used a free yeah. agent here so let's do some backstory what i found in the 1995 and wrestling uh link was that there were some retirements this year i had thought about doing something with lord alfred hayes like maybe putting in a tribute to him or something i don't know when exactly he retired though um but i didn't do that um but Another person did retire in 1995 and would make an appearance, I think, after this on Raw, and that is Kevin Von Erich. So, oh,
1: I know he appeared at one point in a Legends deal uh, yeah. several years after this. Now, if he did anything else, I don't remember. But no, that's very interesting to pull out.
0: Yeah, he appeared on Raw and used the Iron Claw. I forget if I think it was maybe after this. but Yeah, I believe it was Heath Slater, I think. Like he yeah. Got, yeah. Beat up by a bunch of the legends. And so my idea here was, you know, the Von Erich story is is one that is quite quite sad. And uh, you know, they really didn't get it. I mean, you had Kerry as the Texas tornado in WWF, but you know, here is, you know, Kevin Von Erich, who's retiring from the ring. Why not give him the family a big moment and have like a career match here? I have Bret Hart versus Kevin Von Erich. And I think that you're using Bret Hart. We're in Canada, after all. You're using him against an established legend, family legend anyway. Um, And I think that he could have taken Kevin Von Erich to a very good old school match here. And they could have had, you know, the whole tribute at the end, whatever. And I think it would have made sense. And I think it would have been a cool thing to do for him and the family. Um, so that's the thing. I wanted to use Bret Hart in a in an unusual way because I didn't want to use him against Diesel because we're, you know, Survivor Series is coming up and that's when Diesel and he are gonna, but like, he and Diesel had a ton of matches. So I didn't want to go there for this one. Um, that's why I selected this match. It, to me, this would be one of the highlights of the show. The only thing is I think you need to have videos
1: uh, before to tell the people who Kevin Von Erich is. Yeah. Uh, because the WWF fans may not know right. who he is, necessarily. Also, this is Canada and not Dallas. I think this works better if you're in Texas. Yeah, true. Um, because I think that Va- Kevin's going to be the heel. The fans are going to boo him against to boo him,
0: um, against Well, could be Hart. a face-versus-face deal. Kevin is respectful.
1: I think what you're going to do is I think you're going to have maybe them boo him at the start – but get behind him because i think brett is going to give him a lot and going to make him look good so i think what you're going to wind up with is a mutual respect after uh afterward that's kind of what i'm waiting for yeah with, with, I, I think brett kind of has to win um i don't know how you picture it Yeah, but, yeah, then, absolutely. but then him kind of applauding kevin or raising his hand and the, and the crowd giving him a nice send off i think that's what you get out of this this uh, you know Kevin to my knowledge never wrestled for WWF so the fact that he gets uh, uh this match and I think you need to do something to make s- to hype it to understand why this is happening. Yeah, you could have um, absolutely
0: built this up in yeah. previous Raws or whatever Yeah, but I
1: like I like the idea, it's a good idea. You know, I've always wanted to do for the fancy wrestling drafts and I just haven't is I wanted to get as many Guerreros, hearts and Von Eriks that I can and do like a triple family Feud kind of lead, yeah. And I just, you know, it's kind of hard to get all those guys to get Brett and Eddie together is tough, right? Right. Because they go top ten usually, but then after that, if you just focus on all the Hearts and all the Von Ericks, you could do that. But then you don't have much else after that as far (laughs) as main main talent. uh, If you're focusing on those guys, but I love this idea. I never would have thought of it, and I think it's I think it's a great idea for a match. Um, I, I am so intrigued by wanting to see this.
0: All right. What do you got next for us?
1: All right. And so we are up to match six, which is how I use Bret Hart. Uh, number one contendership for the WWF World Heavyweight title, Bret Hart versus Davy Boy Smith. So you can still have all the stuff that was kind of going on, but instead of Davy Boy kind of vaulting to the match with Diesel. You've got Smith and Hart arguing over who should be the number one contender to the title. So, G- Monsoon books this match. Winner goes on to Survivor Series. We know that Brett can get great matches out of Davy Boy Smith. We've seen it. Um, so, again, I don't know where Davy's head was at or why the Diesel Smith match didn't work, but if it was something on Davy's end, you've got Hart who knows how to work with him. So, right. just let them go out do the kind of match they can do. And of course I would have Hart heart win and go over and still advance the survivor series. But if you want to get hard on the card, if you want to do something with Davey boy who they're trying to push as a main event heel at this period, this is probably the best use of both those guys, unless you would do something really outside the box, like you did with bringing. Right. Kevin yeah. I mean, uh,
0: so yeah, I mean, this would have been a good match for sure. And I think it's the in your house after Survivor Series, or maybe a couple after that, um, where they would uh, what is it? Best best friends, better enemies, or something like that. It's called yeah. uh, where Davy and uh, Bret Hart would would have uh, have a match uh, with mm-hmm. British Bulldog as the heel, um, which was a pretty good match too. So I think using them here would be great as well. Um, mm-hmm. and number one contenders, you know, stipulation makes a lot of sense. Uh, so yeah, uh, this would definitely have been a good one. Um mm-hmm. my next match is the uh, conclusion of my Intercontinental Championship tournament which would be Owen Hart versus Jeff Jarrett um and I think that goes without saying that this would be a banger of a match um you know Jarrett was really good in this era Owen Hart was really good in this era um they were both heels though so I don't think they ever worked together um mm-hmm. at this time I, I would be surprised if they did um so I uh, that's how I would have this going and i you know i might i I'd probably have Jarrett go over um but it, it could go either way uh mm-hmm. i i just think it would be a really good match and a it would build the title up
1: if Jarrett was coming back full time yeah probably um even though they're both heels here in canada so i think owen would work face or would turn face naturally by the crowd right you, you're Again, These we keep saying, oh, I wonder if this happened, and we just haven't looked at oh because we didn't think to. Uh, but Owen versus Jarrett would be really good during this period because both these guys, again, have sort of a similar style. Hearts a little more up-tempo, a little more high-flying, but I think they would mesh well. I think they would work well together. I think this is a very good match, especially if you give it some time. Um, again, because you're in Canada, that really helps, I think, the dynamic because because it doesn't have to be heel versus heel. Owen would turn per the crowd. Uh, so uh, I, I think this is a, a really good... I don't know if I would put Owen right after Brett, which is oh, what you yeah, yeah. probably,
0: like, yeah, probably mix up the order a little bit. True. Put
1: something in between them so you didn't get Brett Owen. Uh, but other than that, no, I mean, that's a really good matchup. You're coming up with really good matchups. Okay, so I'm up to match seven of my regular show. And it is the finals of my IC title tournament, which is a little different from the time period, but not necessarily unprecedented. It is going to be a triple threat finals of Razor Ramon versus the one, two, three kid versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And the special guest referee is going to be Kurt Hennig. So Hennig uh, was not right. I looked. He came back in Survivor Series as a commentator. He um, was coming off of injury, back injury. He was not wrestling at this time. I almost saw of using him, but I didn't. Uh, uh, so I used him as a referee, and he would do some special guest refereeing during this run of his career as well. So the fact that you have Royal Monsoon say, okay, we're going to have one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time being the referee for this, that adds a little weight. It's very interesting mm-hmm. to have Nick here. So the story is you have Kid and Ramon, who again are friends, our team working mainly against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. But then you have them arguing over who gets the pen. And again, if you don't do the full turn with Kid, you can tease that turn here. And the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense the way I want to work that is if Triple H wins and becomes the IC champion, which is something a bell he wouldn't win for quite a while. So, I'm upping that timeline, but this is something where he could win it and easily drop it to Ramon on Raw the next night or in a couple of weeks or when Shawn Michaels comes back or several options. But I would have him win here because it makes the most sense if you want to either turn Kid or tease that turn more to have Kid either walk out on Ramon or cause Ramon to take the pin or something of that nature to push that. So I would have Kid and Ramon get into it or Kid hit Ramon or something that allows Hunter to get the pin on Ramon and win and claim the title. And you could even use this because later on, even though it never really came to anything, they had Triple H and Kurt Hennig positioned to feud because they did a thing where Hennig was taking Hunter's valets uh i believe hennig wound up believing before that kind of got the trigger pulled on it but even if that was in the cards you could have hennig giving it to hunter but not liking the way he won and maybe being giving him a stink eye, or even saying well i'm coming for that when i can or something of that nature so again you're planting a seed for down the road even if you don't know down the road's coming yet
0: Yeah. uh, I I like the idea of using Kurt Henning here. Um, You know, I never thought about using a triple threat for this era, uh, but I think this would have been a good match. Uh, It's interesting given the the title to Hunter at this point. Um, I I like the idea of going towards a Mr. Perfect, uh, Triple H feud at this point in time uh, before Triple H really bulked up and stuff. So but yeah, I think the triple threat match would have been interesting here. And you could definitely work with the dynamic of the one, two, three kid eventually going to be healed. So yeah, I like that. Um, the next match is my tag team championship match Smoking Guns versus King Mabel and Yokozuna. So here's my logic here. If you have King Mabel and Yokozuna destroying the Undertaker, what way to make them look more intimidating? than by crushing the tag team champions here and when the undertaker returns he's not just returning to get revenge he's returning to get revenge on the tag team champions Mm -hmm. um it's a way to make them look more dominant you're using them in a tag team capacity so you know you don't have as much attention drawn on you know the shortcomings and I wouldn't make this match super long uh, because you want to showcase them being, you know, dominant monsters. Um, so, yeah, like there's not much to do with the tag division. Yeah. This and this is what I chose to do solely because it would help build, you know, when The Undertaker comes back as the Phantom version. So,
1: so would Taker mm-hmm. go after the tag belt to the partner?
0: Probably not but they would probably – they would hold them when he returned.
1: Okay. Um, And then I could see maybe Taker causing their loss. So the the loss of the belt at some point. You know, given – as you said, given the very, very thin roster uh, for the tag teams, that makes sense. Everything you're saying makes sense. You just got them both over as monster heels with the Taker injury. Now, from what I was reading – they didn't injure Taker that happened on a house show, but they right. said it was through the attack on Raw them to incorporate. Right. So um, that I think works. You, you That definitely helps to vault both guys and plays off of what happened well. So yeah, that's smart. Um, I like it. I, I don't see them holding the belts long, but as you said, I don't think they need to. It's just until Taker gets back and and, right. and then something can happen from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it, again, if you don't do what I did, what you did is probably you know, also a good option. I won't say next best because I no, think it's
0: yeah, yeah.
1: really decent ideas to do given the situation.
0: Right. So what do you got for us next?
1: So next is my main event of the main show. Then, as I mentioned, I had two dark matches. So this is for the WWF World Heavyweight title. Champion Diesel is going to defend against Psycho Sid. So I considered so many options here. I considered Bam Bam Bigelow. I considered um, Roddy Piper, as I mentioned. I considered Kurt Hennig. I considered even Bob Backlund because of the history between Diesel and Backlund. I yeah. considered all of this, uh, uh, And then I went, um, the fact that that Bigelow and Diesel were both faces, I didn't w- really want to do that. And just the next best option was Sid, Now, again, Sid and Diesel, this is not going to be a good match. Is it going to be better than Smith versus Diesel? Yeah, probably. Right. And we always talked about how over Sid was, face or heel, just how over he was and how much the crowd loved him, no matter where he was at. So at least you're going to get a match that I think the crowd is going to be pumped for. And you can keep this short. This can be five, six, seven minutes. Fine um I think if you can get Sid to do the job it helps Diesel if Sid does the clean job if not you probably wind up doing a double count out or something like that which would suck but in my world I'm hoping Sid would do the clean job to uh put Diesel over strong considering that of course he's going to drop the belt back to Brett within a month but you want build your champion as much as you can before that so this was sort of almost While I was left, although I think Diesel Bigelow might have been a better idea, this makes more sense for the time period.
0: So it's interesting, um, you know, when you're talking about considering so many different options for this, because I did that as well. Um, I considered many different people for this. And, you know, I also considered not using this title on this event and making maybe the Intercontinental Tournament the big deal. Sure. Um, But, I was like I I kept going back to one idea, even though it's not something that they would have done in this era, but I think the way I want to do it makes sense, and that would be champion WWF champion diesel defending the title in a gauntlet match, and I am using he's going up against razor Ramon psycho Sid and the British Bulldog in a gauntlet match. And the reason I chose to do that is because, you know, it's known that the business was down in this era and that Diesel and Sean were not high-drawing champions. You know, Mm -hmm. they were the guys, but they weren't high-drawing guys at this point in time. And what is a good way to make Diesel, like, cement him as, like, this is the guy, this is who we're going with you know, this is how dominant he is. This is how great he is. Have him beat three guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can make, I would certainly make the matches more, like, shorter, more compact. Think about the explosiveness of Lesnar's matches these days. Um, You know, obviously Diesel is not Lesnar. But if you make the matches shorter and tighter, I think that this gauntlet uh, format could work here. And, you know, I think it would i think that this could be fun and entertaining if you use these three guys with diesel in a specific way which is not very long each time so um that's my idea for the main event here um because you have to find a way to make diesel look strong going up into the match with bret hart and you know the fact of the matter is uh, vince was in love with diesel but the actual main event we saw proved that like you know he was a little rough around the edges as was bulldog um so you know there's no great idea to go with with diesel here because the person he had the best matches with were sean and brett um so that's what i chose to do here gauntlet match not really a thing they would have yet but uh i think it could work in this case
1: i think this is another thing where you need videos or explanation because again, you said gauntlets were common here to get this over and why these three guys, etc. Um, as soon as you start talking, I was like, Man, this has to be short. And, and you did do that because you can have each segment being around five minutes and the whole thing's 15. Right. So yeah. that works. Um, and I and I think you're right. If you keep it explosive, because I think if you book this right by the end of it you're going to have the fans rapidly behind diesel because it's like he beats guy one he beats guy two and he goes into beats guy three and they're so behind can he do it can he beat these three guys and the fact that he's doing it in fairly short order i think you're correct it would get him over i think it would put him over pretty strong heading into that survivor series match. do i think this would be good I don't think it would be good. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. But but I think it's a unique idea that helps the obstacles that they were facing at the time with the small roster. Uh, that kind of hides that because you're having a four-man main event, as it were. Um, it kind of hides that. You know, you don't have Taker. You don't have Sean. You're not using Brett in the main event. This helps. So I think, again, like my main event, is it good? no. Does it work as a stopgap?
0: Yes. Is it better than what we got? Yes. Leave it to the listeners to decide. Yes. Well,
1: I mean, Davey Boy is still in there, but given the fact that this is going to be much shorter and the context of the other guys being involved, you might have gotten something similar, but the whole package would have worked better. Right, right.
0: Well, you're on to your dark matches, Leonard, so give us uh,
1: one so, of those. So I can't. The main, so I kept, I, so I kept, I kept the uh, two dark matches afterward because I try to keep the format of, of the in your house. So my first dark match, and it's kind of a palate cleanser after the main event, kind of a reset. It is going to be make a difference Fatu versus Kama, the ultimate fighting machine with Ted DiBiase. So Fatu, as we mentioned would become Rikishi. At this point, he was kind of working a. Uh, almost like a public service gimmick where he was trying to tell the kids on the streets to you know don't do drugs and all this. <laughs> so the nickname was kind of I think this is a post nickname of, of from Russell crap calling it Make a Difference Fat Two the character gimmick. <laughs> and Kama would of course become the Godfather. He's Papa Shango before this. I thought about just I thought about Backlund, Radford, Rad Radford, uh, Duke Drozzi, just any of the doink. All the gimmicks. I was just like, just put a, two of the gimmick dudes together and let them go out there. I think Fatu and Kama match up well. You know, They would get better as they would go on, become a and Godfather. But size-wise, they match up well. This is not going to be a great match. Keep it short. Like I said, this is for me to just get from the TV main event to what my dark main event's going to be, and me just wanting to have fun and use some of the gimmicky guys that were on the roster at this time.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I like it. I you know, I think it uh, I think it would be interesting to see what these guys can do together. Mm-hmm. Uh, after after your your main event of Sid and Diesel. So yeah. No.
1: I was I you know what is I went from like beefy dudes to beefy dudes, and I was trying to that's one reason I almost used Backlund versus Doink, because I was like, at least that's a different style. Right. But you well, know, I, I ultimately went with what I thought would be maybe the, the, the funnest visual matchup.
0: Speaking of Bob Backlund, my one and only dark match, Bob Backlund versus Jerry, the King, Lawler.
1: I Oh, I thought about using Jerry, too. I didn't, uh, but I thought about
0: it. That's, so that's where I got it. I'm at, You know, you're ending it on an old school note. Um, you know, who could, what kind of dark match do you want after the championship? Have two legends go in there and do what they do um you're in canada i think they would appreciate it regardless of the fact that you know you have bob Backlund being you know a heel here and jerry lawler is certainly a heel um so who cares it's a dark match i think they could go in there and uh you know entertain the crowd for as long as they needed to end of story i
1: think Backlund winds up going i don't know Backlund probably works face here because jerry's so good at the heel stalling stuff probably yeah i would probably do um this is something that i don't know if on the peacock is on there but back in the regular network they used to have like the hidden gems which were like just random stuff this would be a hidden gem i think i think this would definitely be in the hidden gem section um i love the idea i never would have thought of it um like i said i thought about using jerry i thought about using bob but not together So that's cool. I I like that. Again, it's it's kind of an odd way to go out. But as you said, it's not on TV. Who cares? Yeah. So so my my final match, my dark main event, and uh, it was just me putting two guys together. I wanted to kind of see uh, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Isaac Yankham DDS. So you have the future Kane versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Two really big guys that were very agile, very speedy for their sizes. Kane's very green at this point, I mean Bigelow's very seasoned at this point. Um, Bigelow would win to send the the fans home happy because he was the face here. So this was just a match I wanted to see. I didn't think it was a match that would work for the main show, so that's why I said, I'll just use it for my dark main uh, event. So again, I go from like beefy dude to beefy dude to beefy dudes. Beefy, beefier uh, dudes, <laughs> yeah. So even beefier dudes. The beef goes up as we as we move. <laughs> uh, but but this was just you know something that I put together that I thought would be good. Uh, again, I kept thinking about putting Bigelow in the main event. Um, I even thought about putting Yankum in the main event, but that would be you know a terrible idea. So if I didn't use them there, I wanted to see them against each other.
0: Yeah, um, you know that would be interesting. And you know I, I was. I've been thinking as we we're talking, like maybe you know, using Bam Bam Bigelow in a different way. I had him in like my tournament, but uh, yeah. but yeah, I think this is a cool a cool way to to use him. And uh, you know, you could have um, you could like have a nod to Kane and like have him be mesmerized by Bigelow's gear, you know, the flames, you know, yeah, his gear, you know, and then later having be like <laughs> having be like, you know, that's cool gear,
1: yeah, like head yeah. T- tattoo with the flames. That's mm.
0: Something there, there's something planning, there. Planning, planting the seed. Um, did, yeah. Here's a question: Do they call it a dark main event? Is I don't know. It,
1: it, it was. I, I've heard that term, dark main event, before. last match, match of the night.
0: It makes sense. That's why I asked. And I was thinking yeah. because, like, they obviously when you have like um, the TV show, I don't know if that, you have I, say, I, I don't, don't
1: know. I don't know if that's an official term, but that is a term, I have heard like other podcasts and things. Like when they talk about shows like this, the dark main was whatever. Okay. Or after RAW went off the air, there was a dark main event. I've heard that term used. So I don't know if it was officially used.
0: And you know, in my dark main event with Backlund and Lawler, you could even have, um, well, we're not in Calgary, so you can't really have the Hart family come out and beat on Jerry Lawler, but you, maybe you could. <laughs> we're in Winnipeg. That's yeah. uh, home of Chris Jericho. Yeah. That's true. How old is Chris Jericho here? You can... <laughs> uh,
1: he would be in Smoky Mountain. No, no, he he would have him and Landstorm Storm would have worked in Smoky Mountain at this point.
0: Yeah. Oh, what were they called? The Thrill Seekers or the Heat Seekers or Thrill Seekers. Thrill Seekers. Yeah. Yes,
1: I don't know if Jericho had debuted for WCW yet. I'd have to go check the timetable. But yeah. he, him, and, him, and Storm had debuted for Smoky Mountain.
0: Yeah. Interesting footnote there. So. Let us know what you thought of our rebooks. Uh, if what you thought of the pay-per-view itself in your house, number four, uh, watch it, listen to our show, let us know what you thought. And maybe you really liked it. We would love to know if you really like this pay-per-view and why. Um, and please subscribe to our content. Hit the like button on this video. We are available wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have other shorter videos, such as segment surgery, random match reviews, and stupid questions. For Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next time, and Alexa, we'll see you out.